is Desert Diaries. Hello. Arizona calling and another week of firsts here in the desert. First up, it's been a week of wild, wild weather. Now, I have mentioned the storms over the past couple of weeks and they have been mighty impressive, but it is almost like the weather gods have listened into this podcast and thought... Oh, sorry. Did you think that was a monsoon? (laughs) No, 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 no. Hold my drink. Here's a monsoon. I tell you, in one of the storms a few weeks ago, the doors leading to our outside patio from our bedroom leaked a bit. And my husband laughed and said, now, if your back door leaks in England, you got a problem. Here, what's the drama? It only rains twice a year. Well, the last few days have certainly changed that attitude. (laughs) (laughs) It's soaking. Man alive, I have never seen rain like it. And remember, I lived in Manchester for 16 years. It is extraordinary how quickly the landscape is transformed in good and bad ways. Firstly, the city is threaded with washes, troughs of land that flow between houses and under freeways and roads, specifically designed to channel water away when the monsoons hit. Now, usually they are dry and dusty, barren strips of land, but driving across one just a couple of days after the first of this season's monsoons hit, they are transformed into lush, green, plant-filled oases. Just like that. The bad thing, though, is that in some areas, the washes get pretty overwhelmed instantly. And the flooding around the city has been catastrophic in some places. Vehicles stranded, people stranded and loads of water damages to homes. And because of the volume of rain, it happens really fast. A friend told me this week that she was out to dinner with her mum when it started raining. They set off home about 15 minutes down the freeway. On the phone to her sister, who was also driving to the mum's house. Now, whilst the sister arrived there safely, in the short time frame between her arriving and my friend and her mum trying to rock up, about 10 minutes, the road got completely flooded. They had to abandon their car and wade knee deep to their house. And this is in the middle of a city we're talking about. Dual carriageways and motorways, not teeny country lanes. And it really is quick as a flash. Now, one night last week, I was woken up four times by those amber alerts on my phone. You remember the noise. Well, these times it was warning of extreme thunderstorms. Take shelter in a sturdy building. Flying debris may be deadly to those without shelter. And flash flood warning. Do not attempt to travel unless you are fleeing an area or are subject to an evacuation order. It is serious stuff. The news was filled the next few days with fallen trees, shattered windows and sometimes shattered houses as well. The wind was super strong and there were so many houses without power, tens of thousands. All the major post-storm dramas and this happened three times in the last week. One storm was recorded to have over 60,000 lightning flashes. I guess they're right. Everything is bigger in America. It's funny, you know, I've lived here in the USA nearly two and a half years now. And of course, that instant feeling of moving to a completely different country and culture has faded somewhat. Those overwhelming first few months where we didn't know how anything worked, thank goodness, are over. And things like going to the supermarket. I mean, of course, they're now more mundane than the massive adventure they once were. But 
that doesn't mean the day to day is still not fun. It really is. I suppose it's just different or different enough here to mean that those everyday tasks that we all need to do can be really enjoyable. This week, for example, I had to pick up a prescription for my daughter. Instead of popping inside my local drugstore or pharmacy, I decided to go drive through. (laughs) Drive through pharmacy. Again, why get out of your car unless absolutely necessary? America. I think I was equally nervous, confused and excited, but I drove into the correct lane. There are several. It's not just one little window. No, one of the lanes I've pulled up. Not at the window, but at a kind of perspex-type box, which then spoke to me. Picking up? Yes. Name? I told them. Date of birth? I told them that. Okay, they said after a minute. That'll be $3.75. I mean, health insurance paid the rest. It wasn't that cheap. Okay, please place your credit card in the chute, the voice said. So the perspex box then sort of whirred round and opened up, and I placed my card on the tray. And then there was this whirring sound and up it shot. It just disappeared into a maze of pipes overhead. Just a couple of minutes later, there was another shum and plop. A white paper bag with the medication and my card landed back on the tray. The Perspex box whirred around, opened up. (laughs) There we were. Genuinely and tragically exciting. It really was. I loved it. But there are other times when the differences between the UK and the US feels just a bit less enjoyable, less comfortable. A couple of times this week, I thought, do you know, this just wouldn't happen at home. The first was my husband's online mandatory staff training. So far, so boring. If you work for a big enough company, you would have had to do these sorts of things, these online surveys. He works for um, a company that's got several thousand staff. And there is this kind of yearly updated training program he needs to complete, especially now as some people are starting to head back to the office. So I peered over his shoulder as he sat down, click clicking on the keyboard. What's that? I asked. Oh, It's active shooter training that I need to do. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, as part of his job where he sits at a desk, he needs to get training on what to do if he goes into work and someone tries to shoot him. I mean, he works in tech, for goodness sake. This still makes my brain ache. Well, what does this training comprise? Well, active shooter training offers three paths to stay alive. Evacuate, hide and fight. So let's break it down. Evacuate, pretty clear. Run away, essentially, if you can. Get out the building, but beware they may be behind you when you run. Mm. You can't outrun a bullet, of course. (sighs) Genuinely, one of the points they make. The best thing to do is to know all the exits on your floor at all times and plan routes before you would ever need them. Fun way to spend a lunchtime. Uh, The second option, hide. So if you can't escape, then take cover in an office, for example. Remember to lock the door, they say. If there's nowhere to hide nearby, stay very quiet. Make sure your phone's on silent. You don't want to get a message from your friend asking if you want to go out for a pint later and ping, suddenly the shooter knows where you are. The third thing is stay very, very still, they point out. (sighs) Finally, fight. If you can't run, you can't hide, the advice 
is to fight the active shooter, but only, quote, if your life is in imminent danger. The official advice includes acting as aggressively as possible, throwing items and yelling. Genuinely. I don't know... I don't know if you've grown up with this, whether it feels normal. If you have grown up with this, if you are one of the many Americans who listens to this podcast, and I love getting your messages, so thank you so much. Let me know, does it feel normal to do this sort of training to you? Because to me, it doesn't feel good. But do get in touch. You can find me on Twitter at Walker Sam or, of course, go and search on Facebook, facebook.com slash see you in the desert. Oh, and I'll put the pharmacy drive through experience onto Instagram stories for you as well in the next day or so. Just search up there for Sam Walker Radio. I suppose you might be thinking, well, training's one thing, but it wouldn't actually happen, right? It's better to be safe and sorry. We all get these trainings, but these things are never going to actually happen. Well... Also this week, my good friend who works at one of the universities here in the city got a message early one morning not to use the front entrance to her building when she got into work. She would only be admitted onto campus with her ID. So make sure you've got your ID, go around the back, don't go in the front door. But she wasn't told why. So it transpires that a student had been suspended and was, it appears, utterly furious. He had a meeting with the dean that morning and was on the way to university when, thank goodness, his sister called the police because apparently he'd sent her a video in which he said he was going to shoot up the school. The police did manage to track him down and arrested him at a petrol station and searched his car where, yep, they found he'd taken a loaded gun with him. Hmm. I'll see you in the desert. (laughs) 